Francisco 49 is deep in the heart. Like Joe Montana in the corner, deep Clark. Garrison Hurst, stiff form going 99. Don't get it twisted, one and all with prime time. John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the sideline. NDB, greatest owner of all time. Gruden, Walgren, Bill Belichick were all students of Bill Walsh. Don't ever forget. I'm Lee Gowland. I'm Brian Davis. And this is the 49er Fearful UK Show. Hi guys, and welcome back to another episode of the 49er Faithful UK Show. On the show today, I'm once again joined by both Najee Karar and Paul Hope. We are going to be discussing the demolition of the Packers in the NFC Championship game. Hi guys. Hello. All right, Lee. Hi, Najee. Okay, so, other than a couple of injuries, which have turned out to be not too bad, was there actually any negatives other than the price of a Super Bowl ticket? I think I think we're going to be nitpicking again um, if if we find anything to say uh, about this game. Um, I've got a couple of goofy ones, I guess. Like for example, how we keep making enemies in the NFC. Uh, it used to be the Seahawks <laughs> and the Cowboys, and now it's the Packers and the Vikings must hate us. Uh, I think we keep playing like this, and the entire NFL is going to be after us. <laughs> That's not too. That's that's not a bad thing, to be honest. I wouldn't say that's no. a negative. That's a positive. I want the whole yeah. of the NFC to hate us. I don't know. It's just you know, grudges, grudges matches every week would be would be rough on the on the heartbeat and on the on the pre, on, on attention. And so yeah, but no, it's going to be difficult. I, I've got a couple. Um, I'm not really, you know, obviously the the injury to Coleman is really annoying more than anything. Um. And I've got another one. I want. I want to see if Paul's got one though first. Ah, similar to you, Nancy. The Coleman injury is probably the biggest negative. I mean, ultimately, we won the championship game. We're heading to Miami. We're in the Super Bowl. I haven't focused too much on the negatives. Are you quite surprised that he may be fit for the Super Bowl, given the fact that he's dislocated the shoulder? Yeah, I mean. I think Kyle said it during his, his presser. He said that it was kind of a, the lethal weapon, weapon uh, Mel Gibson kind of injury, where just, uh, you know, when he bashes it into the pillow to put it back in place and everything is... Because if you dislocate it and you don't do, you know, ligament damage, then all you need to do is rest a little bit, make sure it doesn't... You, you can play through that, I'm guessing. Um, so I think I think he got a bit lucky. It could have could have been way worse if if it you know tear something or break a bone or something when you pop it. But I think it just kind of popped out and then they popped it back in and it was all right. Yeah, to be honest, when I first saw it, I actually thought it was his elbow that had yeah, been dislocated. Too. Yeah, yeah, me too. I, th- I thought he had hyperextended his elbow. Or yeah. Um, yeah, I thought the same. Yeah. I know it brought a tea to my eye. I thought, wow, that, oh. must, that, that must have hurt that. Yeah, that one. And uh, what was it? Dre Greenlow and K1 Williams collided into each other and stayed yeah. down for a bit. That was a bit scary as well. Um, but I think, I think, I think when after the second half, you know, in, in the third quarter or fourth quarter, every time any of our players was just getting hit a bit harder than usual. I think everybody, especially Jimmy and the knee early on um, as well, I forgot about that. Just popped up back into my head um you know i can remember debo getting a, a big you know big hair and stuff and everybody's you just hope it stands up and everything's all right yeah yeah so are those the only negatives we really have the the injuries 
I've got one, and I think it's something something I talked about, especially on the on the group. It's about Quan Alexander. He's, he's I don't think he's quite back yet, and and it's not really a negative because it's a second game back from a quite a serious injury, and I did say you know the the game goes faster when you don't play and slows down the more you play, and that's how you get prepared to play football. Is the only way you can do it is by playing football, but. Uh, I thought he was just impactless. We, we didn't hear his name all night, um, which is not the kind of player he usually is. He's, he, he, he's perfect for that kind of offense with Aaron Jones and, you know, quick quick running back for that. We, we should have seen more of him, and we didn't. And he, he got burnt on a on a bad one by Jimmy Graham. Um, the, the Jimmy Graham touchdown, I'm pretty sure he's man on, on him. So um, it's, not, it's not really a negative. It's just a bit of a concern. Um, I think he's a he's a step he's a step behind, and uh, and we're definitely going to need him full strength, full full speed uh, in two weeks. I think. Yeah, he did look a little bit rusty to me as well. I thought that I, I thought he was just a little bit off the speed of the game. But to be honest, I'd rather him be a little bit off the speed of the game on Sunday than in two weeks' time when we're in Miami. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, as I said, I think it's it's expected. It's just uh, it's just kind of annoying to know. You know, we just don't hear his name at all all night. Nobody's mentioning it. He's not making tackles. He is making assists, but he's not making big plays. Um, it's a little bit. It's a bit of a shame. But yeah, I mean, again, we need picking here. It's such a dominant, dominant performance. Um, what can we say? I'm glad you said that because my next question was, did you expect us to dominate as much as we did? No, absolutely not. Um, thinking about it now, I think you just there's the the part of you that wants wants the game to be like this, and then there's part of you that knows that the NFL isn't a given ever on any given Sunday, and you never see a game, especially when we've already done it once against them. You just don't think they're going to do the same mistake and we're going to take advantage of the game right now. It's, it's, I was really, really surprised. Really surprised. Yeah, I was quite surprised as well. I mean, for all intents and purposes, the game was over by half-time. We, we dominated that well. Yeah, it's, it's, hard, to, it's, it's hard to say. It, I mean, the 37-20 score makes it sound it was closer than what it was. But I agree, Lee, it was over as a contest at half-time. We utterly dominated them in that first half. Um, like you said, what, what more can we say? We repeated what we did in November, and Nadji was correct again. It was pretty much a blowout. Yeah, but let's take the first half as a really good example of that. So the first six drives that the Green Bay Packers had, they had a, a punt, a punt, a punt, a fumble, an interception, and then a punt. The 49ers, on the other hand, the first drive was a punt, and then we had a touchdown, field goal, touchdown, field goal, touchdown. We actually only failed to score on two possessions in the entire game. If you discount the uh, the very last possession, yeah. yeah, after Sherman had getting the uh, the interception, but yeah, I mean, we did. We just totally dominate them all the way to half time, and. Um, I can't remember if it was this game or the previous game, but one of the commentators just turned around and said it, they're just taking the manhood away from the Packers' defense. Yeah, uh, Troy Aikman said that, and um, I think I think the game was it was over 
after the first quarter, they, they clearly could not stop us running. It, it wasn't even fair. It, was, it wasn't even close. The, the holes are, are line, kettle, juice, and everybody was making this. It, even I could have run through that, and I, you know, it's, it was ridiculous. Um, so I, I, after the first quarter, I, I had no fear whatsoever. Yeah, we didn't score on two possession, but it was uh, the first. The first possession was a free play with nine yards, so almost, and we ran for five and four. We just got stuffed on the on the third down, and then it was out of uh, out of halftime, wasn't it? And we, uh, I know, uh, in the fourth quarter, and same again. It was a free free and out, so we just didn't get going. But like, it, yeah, I think Joe Buck said it at one point. He said they cannot stop us, and when you get to that point, game's over. If you can't stop people running, yeah, it's just it's just it becomes almost too easy. Yeah, the defensive line just manhandled them. It was a sight to see. They just talk about pounding the ball like we did against the Vikings. I think we took it to a whole new level. Yeah. Yeah, because um, um, I mean, I wasn't there for the for the preview show, but um, I, th- I think the Packers defense was less good than the Vikings defense. I think you know Griffin and Hunter are better than the Smith brother. Um, and the, and apart from the Smith brother, they had basically nothing. They also lost, you know, Adrian Amos and Jerry Alexander quite early in the game, which clearly didn't help them. But, it, you know, Blake Martinez, I think, is one of the lowest graded linebacker on PFF, and he gets a lot of tackles, but it's always for six or seven yards. So, you know, it means nothing, just tackles sometimes. But yeah, yeah, we just, we just took it to them, and they just, I think they just realized that they weren't going to win it and they just kind of gave up, didn't they? So I think the difference between the 49ers as a running team and pretty much any other team in the NFL as a running team, um, let's let's take the Ravens uh, as the example because they are number one in rushing the ball. The the Ravens get their yards through the elusiveness and the, uh, the misdirection they have with Lamar Jackson. So you can never take your eyes off him, and he generally gets there a lot of their yards as as well as Ingram um, through the elusiveness and, and not knowing which one is is going to run. The 49ers, the blocking from the offense was excellent. I think that's what sets us aside from normal running teams. We excel at blocking. De- Debo in particular had a couple of absolutely excellent oh, blocks. Yeah, and absolutely. what what about Kittle's block on? Um, linebacker B.J. Goodson early in the second quarter on a Mostert run, he basically ran him all the way back into the stands. I thought yeah. he was taking him all the way back to Green Bay, to Wisconsin. He just kept on running. <laughs> the play was over and Kittle was still pushing him all the way back. It was just amazing <laughs> to see. And I think that's what sets us aside from a team, from a normal team that runs. And that's why I think the Kansas City Chiefs are going to find it tough to stop the run because they don't just have to stop the running back they have to deal with all of our blockers and that's what our our team's been built on all season being able to block effectively for the runners yeah i mean you know the the ravens are very much a college type of offense you know zone read zone option you know zone zone option and, and all that kind of stuff and they have a power back in ingram and, and the elusiveness so there's nothing really really new they're just doing it extremely well our running game is innovative. It's, it's a genius. It, as I said, holes are they're creating aren't made just because we're blocking well. They're made because the play calling is crazy good. I think 
I think Kyle doesn't quite get as much credit as he should sometimes. And we talk about how Kettle is amazing and Samuel are amazing, and they and they are, and they, there is a culture in, you know, in in blocking that clearly seems to be spreading as well. Because I, I heard Emmanuel Sanders when he was asked by if he was not happy of not having a catch at all, he said, "No, I, I, I wanted to block some more." So, so clearly there's something going on there that's that's good for for, for what we're doing, but. I think it's the way the scheme, the way we the way we are approaching the run. Um, I think uh, I can't remember who said it at halftime. Um, it might be Howie um, or Terry Bradshaw. I can't remember, but it said, "We know we're running. They know we're running. The stadium knows we're running, and yet we're taking 30 yards." And that's just that just doesn't happen in the NFL usually. Um, so yeah, I mean it's it's crazy. To, to to pound the ball for 240 yards like this on the team that knows that you're going to run it down a throw. Yeah, like like you said there, Nadja, I mean, people will talk about the lack of number of pass attempts, but what we should be focused on, on is two weeks in a row, playoff teams didn't come close to finding the answer. It was an impressive win. We dominated it in a run it down your throat. Um, to me, that's more impressive than seeing Jimmy throw it 40 times like you said, Kyle Shanahan, when he's in the zone, he just he's a genius and he definitely is the best player caller in the NFL for me. And I'm just glad that we've got him. Yeah, I mean, G- Jimmy, so he, he didn't throw the ball very often. He threw eight times. He connected on six of those to 77 yards. It was actually the first time since 1973 that a team had won a conference championship game when passing for fewer than 10 attempts. And Jimmy actually tied Bob Greasy's record of Sorry, tied Bob Greasy with the second fewest pass attempts in a championship game. That that's how little we actually pass the ball. But as Carl said, why should we pass it when they can't stop us running it? Even when they knew we we're going to run the ball, they couldn't stop us. So why stop doing it? Yeah, I mean, I'm not worried. I'm not worried, Lee. I'm not concerned at all. We've seen <laughs> in the season what Jimmy can do when needed. And like you said there, yeah, against the Saints, the ball on the ground. Yeah, against the Saints. I mean. We scored 64 points in back-to-back playoff games, and we've averaged 5.7 yards per play. <laughs> I'm not so, are you concerned as a 49ers fan? I know that for sure. Yeah. yeah definitely. Uh, you know, I think that's one of the, the strengths as well, is uh, if, for some reason, uh, our rushing attack seems to not work. And, and we did have a bit of a dip in the middle of the season, didn't we, where we just, we just went as good. But, yeah, I'm sure Jimmy can... Rose to you know rise to the occasion and, and and be there if he needs to, one hundred percent. So obviously that dip in uh, running production during the season that that coincided with both Juice and Kittle being out. Yeah, true. Very in, true. In fact, not only did we have Juice and Kittle out, but I'm sure we had both Staley and McGlinchy out at the same time as well. So you're missing yeah. four people that uh, are pivotal to your run game. Yeah, definitely. So Raheem Mostert, what a game oh. that guy had. 29, <laughs> 29 carries, 220 yards, averaging 7.6 yards per carry, and scoring four touchdowns. The six teams who passed on him and let him go. What an absolute performance he put in last night. And as agent made sure all those teams knew about it. Mm, yeah, for sure. I mean, once again, I think, and and once you know we we talk about Kyle Shanahan as one of the best play caller in in the league, but there's something that you don't hear very often is how good he is at evaluating talent and getting the player he needs to do the things he needs them to do. You know, and 
Ray Moster just fits perfectly in what we're doing and he's embraced it. He had the confidence of the coach three years ago, uh, you know, and because he had a bit of a fumbling problem or, or, or whatever. And clearly he, he just loves being there. And, uh, and that's something, uh, you know, I had on my list as a, as a positive. I think that the culture is, is what it's all about. But yeah, what, what a game. You, you know, you have your main guy that's been running a week in, week out, going down on an injury. And then all of a sudden, this guy runs for 30 yards, um, 30 carries almost, and 220 when, you know, two hours earlier, Derrick Henry, which was crowned the king of running, had, what, 59 yards on, you know, 15, 17 carries. So, yeah. What, a, what an achievement, what a game. I'm, I'm so happy for him. He seems like a nice guy. Uh, it was quite touching seeing with his, his daughter on the stand at the end, so I can relate to that. It's great. Uh, yeah, I'm so happy for him. It's great. You know, it's, it must be hard going through and getting cut by six teams, you know, moving with your family and trying to make the roster every year. So, so yeah, that's massive, massive achievement. Well happy for him. I'm going to have to buy another jersey, though. That's really nice. <laughs> <laughs> Like you said, Lee, four touchdowns. Uh, the oh, first man. one was just amazing. When when we called that play on third night, uh, oh. I have a fr- I have friends who were texting me like, "What are you doing running the ball on third night?" I said, "That's what Shanahan does." And yeah. like you said, there, Najee, we were just jumping up and down and seeing him with his daughter afterwards. Like you, I can totally relate to that. What a night that guy had. Four touchdowns. You're talking about him for years to come with a performance like that. Mm-hmm. So, knowing, Kyle, how we do know after after watching the way he calls players over the last couple of seasons, do you think that the last two games, the divisional round and the championship, has basically set up the Super Bowl for us to go pass heavy rather than run heavy? Uh, I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think that's how he, he functions. I think they're going with a plan, and which is always to run the ball. Because clearly, if you can establish that early, uh, you know, the Titans have proven it, we've proven it. Um, if you can do that, it just disrupts teams. So that's, that, I think that's always going to be the, the first plan. You just go in and you try and run the ball as well as you can. And if it goes well, just stick to it. And then swap if, if you need to. Uh, I believe that's what's going to happen. I'm sure we will talk about it in length um, in, in a preview show for the Super Bowl. Uh, can't believe I'm saying that, preview show of Super Bowl. <laughs> so happy. It feels um, good, doesn't it? It feels very yeah, good. It does, it does feel good. But you, you could tell you could tell on, on you know on Sunday they want they started running the ball and we ran the ball three times in a row and got, you know, punted. And then we just get back straight to it and then keep going and oh oh it's working, is it? Well well we'll just run the ball then, that's fine. It kills the clock. We're scoring easy touchdowns on six, seven, you know, eight plays. Why, why would you change it? That's what this game has been built on. Let's, let's just do it. Yeah, yeah, I think like we've discussed all season, Lee, Shanahan doesn't operate like that. He puts a plan in place. He sticks to it if it's working. And if it doesn't work, he changes it. We've seen mm-hmm. the play calling that he can do. We've seen, like I've just said, I'm not worried about the fact that we've been run heavy last couple of games. We've mentioned the Saints game. Obviously, that was an epic performance on and off the field for us all um, for a number of reasons. And I just believe he's going to evaluate. We're going to put the plan in place. We've got the confidence on all three phases of the ball. We're pretty much healthy, apart from Coleman. Bring it on. 
like that you said, Super Bowl. I just cannot stop saying that we are in the Super Bowl. Yeah. So, Jimmy's reaction to the low hit on his knee told us everything we need to know about his mental state now with regards to the injury he had last year. He didn't falter, and other than a quick limp which immediately vanished, it didn't faze him in the slightest. I think that does bode well for the future. Uh, moving forward into next season, he's quite happy with the way his knee feels, even though he's wearing a brace. He's okay to take a hit on it. He'll just get up and he'll get on with it. And I think that guarantees that he's not he's not worried now about taking those hits. So he can concentrate on actually getting the ball out of his hand into the receiver's hands. Yeah, he's no, but I am. Uh, God, uh, my heart stopped when when I saw the the replay, and I thought, oh God, thank God he's got the the brace on. Almost you're thinking because uh, I can't remember who went low on him, but that could that, that that it's quickly a big problem, isn't it? But yeah, you could tell. I think he got a little bit scared and then stood up, and it was fine. And it just yeah, it just got straight back at him, and, you know, at a, and flinging eight passes, well, attempting eight passes. Tie it down. He may, he may have had at the end of the, of the game. <laughs> what What did you make of the actual tackle? D- do you think that tackle was avoidable? Uh, it's It's hard to say. And you know, the, the speed this guy play out. Uh, the, if anybody's ever gone to a game live, um, they understand that what what transpires on TV is nowhere near uh, you know the speed. And I think that's for any sport in general. Um, that's why it's much more enjoyable to go and watch them live but the speed these guys go out i don't i don't think it was a intentional uh, b avoidable i don't know it's you know we're talking about 300 pound the you know an obstacle falling down it, it probably doesn't have the best of uh, body ability to move through the air i would say so I, I don't know i mean there's no point talking about it everything's fine it wasn't vicious so i'm not worried about that it just happens trip you get pushed in the back and, and you just fall and Sometimes you just fall in the wrong place. Yeah, I think it was good to see, like you said, Lee, how he reacted. I think all of us sat at home were like heart in mouth after what happened, ironically, against Kansas City last season. But he came through it, got through the game. I'm, I'm not worried. What about you? No, no, I'm not worried in the slightest. I mean, when I saw his reaction after he got up, I knew he was fine. I knew he was fine mentally. I knew he'd passed that... Um, that early season confidence thing where you could see that the first three games he was always wary about anyone going anywhere near his leg when he was stepping back in the pocket he just seemed to be on edge all the time and he doesn't know that's all gone so he's got the confidence just to hang about in the pocket and wait for those opportunities to arrive so yeah I'm happy with the way he handled that Um, as far as the, the tackle itself goes when you see it my immediate thought was, did he actually go for his knee there? And when I saw it the second time, I thought, it does look as though he went for his knee. But the more you see it and you see it from different angles, you can see why it happened. And it's just one of those things. It's because of the type of game it is. It's easy to happen, unfortunately. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm absolutely over the moon with uh, the way the way Jimmy handled everything in that game because it must have been going through his mind, what, why am I not throwing the ball? Uh, I've only had eight attempts. I would love to know what that does to his confidence. 
to be honest, I don't think it'll do anything to his confidence. He's got the type of character where he's quite happy for the team to be the team. And he doesn't need to be that figurehead and lead the team by throwing the ball all the time. And because of the, the likes of the Saints game, we know he can do that anyway. Mm-hmm. He was absolutely excellent against the Saints. He can throw the ball. He can throw the ball into tight windows. Yes, he can throw the odd interception. So did Brett Favre. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, very true. So it's the good things he does far outweighs some of the bad throws he makes. So I'm I'm happy that we've got Jimmy Garoppolo as our quarterback. I think it's excellent. I think we set up for years to come. Hopefully John Lynch will be able to wheel some magic with the uh, the books, the figures, the cap during the off-season um, and make sure that we get all of our key pieces back and add more in the draft free agency. Yeah, there's something something I wanted to touch on, and, and you said there is, is the mentality. And, you know, for I don't know if you guys have watched the uh, the end of the the you know the trophy ceremony as per se and uh, try to ignore Terry Bradshaw being making a fool of himself um but i i think even if things don't go as planned in miami and and we don't we don't win it um i think we that's the thing that makes me the, the happiest about this season is that we are set for the future we are we have this new culture of Everybody seems to be friends with each other on, on the team, and I don't know if it's true or not, but they, they clearly want to play for each other. And they, as I said earlier, you know, Emmanuel Sanders does not mind having zero targets, zero catches, because he's out there blocking uh, for most of it and, and everybody else. And Kittle is the same, and you know, and Debo Samuel is the same, and Juice obviously is the same. So I think you know, and, and Jimmy as well. I don't think he cares in a slightest if he, even if he attempts zero passes the whole game, and we, and we win because it's all about winning. And and this this new mentality then, John Lynch, Kyle Shanahan, and you know Jed York has clearly put together is really really healthy. Our team looks happy, and and that's the best thing. That's the best thing ever, I think. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I saw that interview you you saw with Sanders, and I also seen some of the footage of Jimmy when he said what you've just said there, Angie. I don't care how many times I threw it, we won. Give me that again in Miami. You know, we get the win. I get I come away with a ring and I pass the ball eight times. I'll take it. And the ceremony you mentioned, I like the touch where they try to give the trophy to Jed York, the yeah. NFC Championship trophy, and he was like, No, no, no. These are the guys that deserve it. And I like that mentality. I like that culture we've got. Um, funnily enough, I was asked at work today how I would feel if we lost the game. And I was like, we booked our Super Bowl meetup at the start of the season. I think there's only Brian Davis in our group who was actually, we're going to go. We've surpassed all my expectations. Of course, you're in the big game. You want to win it. However, yeah, we're there. And this season, we're going to look back on it for years to come. I know that for sure. Did either one of you notice anything else about the trophy presentation at the end? Um, <laughs> I feel like you've got a bit of a nugget. Uh, no? <laughs> okay, so Jed York actually let Mike Shanahan present the trophy to Kyle. And I think that shows the growth in the leadership of the organisation. And it's something that um, Eddie DeBartlow had done earlier 
when he when he had the 49ers as the organization he he'd done a very similar thing i can't remember who it was with but i think he's learned from that experience he knew there was an opportunity there to to show the growth of himself over the last few years because to be honest i mean jed york hopefully fingers crossed is going to have plenty of opportunities to get his hands on trophies on super bowls on nfc championships and he'll have plenty of opportunity to present the coaches or whoever with the trophy at, at the end of games and i just thought it was very fitting for him to actually turn around to mike shanahan and say you go and present this to kyle yeah it's quite good isn't it because because you know it's the nfl 100 season it's been 100 years and there's this whole celebration of football in general and it's so uh, it's so good that we're in it because I know I'm biased, but I think we're the you know the biggest dynasty of football ever, um, apart maybe from from the Patriots, but they've been they've been doing it for 20 years, not not before that. Um, so y- you know you talk about Eddie DeBartolo and you know um, everybody that's been associated with our organization over the course of the entire NFL, and it's great to be to see greatness and to be you, you know to have the presence of mind to say no you you give it to your son and it's your son as well it's a shanahan which are a massive tree in fl and in you know what football is these days so yeah that was really really cool and that's that's what i'm talking about you know you, you say paul that we're going to look back on this on this season and and be very happy and there's no no doubt about it but even more, I can't wait for next season and watch this guy play again. That, and, you know, I'm, I'm so, so excited and I just want to go over there. And, and we haven't had that for a long, long time, you know. It, it was more like dreams and hopes. We hope we're going to be good. We hope we're going And now I don't even care whether we're going to be good. I, I know we're going to be, at, at the very least, enjoyable to watch and fun to watch and hopefully for a long, long time. I mean, like we said, year one with Shanahan was rough. Um, I mean, obviously, Garoppolo came in back end. What we finished six and ten. Mm-hmm. Year two, Garoppolo went down against the Chiefs again, four and twelve. And this year, it's been insanely satisfying. And the three games we lost were all on the final play. Oh, we're yeah. our first Super Bowl in seven seasons. Like you said, hopefully this is the sign of well, start of sign of things to come. Yeah, yeah hopefully. Let's hope so. Okay, so one more thing. One more thing before I close off. Richard Sherman pulled in his fifth interception of the season, <laughs> and I believe someone may have made a bold prediction about that. Yeah. <laughs> well done. But there's still one more game. What if he gets one? Then you'll be wrong. Well, I did say at least five. <laughs> five plus. Oh, you said at least five. Okay. Yes. So no, I was over the moon. I was just so happy <laughs> when he caught that ball. <laughs> Oh, same, same. Very happy. You were nearly close to your other bold prediction in a way, though, Lee, when you were talking of the preview show. You're right, I was. The fourth quarter, they needed something from it. And it's very fitting for me that Sherman was the one that, it didn't win the game for us, in want of a better word. It ended the game, we were already winning. But I was just as pleased for you, sat at home. I was like, Lee's bold predictions come in. (laughs) <laughs> so I, I will say about that other ball prediction obviously i was an absolute country mile away as far as the score was concerned so i went 28 26 but what actually transpired in the fourth quarter i could not believe it 
So obviously the part of the bold prediction slash premonition was that the the Packers would have to come back in the fourth quarter and try a two-pointer conversion attempt, which they will fail to do. And that's what happened. So that's about as close as I got to my score prediction. I actually got the premonition part right, but not the score. And to be honest, I am actually quite happy about that because I'm not sure if I could have stood having to watch such a close game. I think I might have had a heart attack. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, when you play Aaron Rodgers, uh, it's, always, it's always a bit hairy, isn't it? Because if he gets hot, if he gets on fire, we all, we've all seen him, you know, fling those. I mean, he played well, I think, apart from, you know, the pick and the two picks, because uh, Emmanuel Moses' pick was, was pretty cool. But, yeah, it's just, we've had enough nail biters this season. I think I think we're, we're good. Let's just, uh, even the next one, let's, uh, let's have a good, easy, easy watchable one. Yeah. Especially for me, I'm not going to be able to. I'm working, so I'll be home very late, and then I'm got a flight at 7 a.m. So basically, not going to sleep. So uh, if we could, uh, if we could have a nice little blowout, that'd be great. Well, to be honest, I mean, if the Super Bowl comes anywhere close to being like the Saints game was, I think there's going to be a hell of a lot of hangovers come Monday morning. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, you know, we'll again, we'll talk about it in a preview, but I have a, I have a sneaky suspicion. This is going to be a Broncos Panthers repeat. Mm. Uh, us being the Broncos. Yeah. Hopefully. I mean, I just want to say, Lee, before we finish, it's kind of related to the 49ers as in off the field, the group this year has grown massively. Obviously it helps that we've got the product on the pitch, but it has given me that, like Jay said, in the earlier shows, it's just nice to be part of it. I look forward to game days. I look forward to the days after. I probably sit my form was the same as yours on Monday. It didn't stop going off. It was so nice to feel. Obviously, we've got the feel good factor back. And I'm going to say it once more: Super Bowl, two weeks time. Here we come. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Yeah, that's that's one of one of one negative I had is all the uh, admin work. Uh, you know, all the or the administrator of the group we're going to have to be doing with everybody posting how excited and nervous they are <laughs> for the next few weeks. Yeah, then, so I think we, we'll take, we yeah, I think we'll take a pragmatic <laughs> approach over that because we understand that people are going to be excitable and yeah. there will be certain things posted in the group that do not comply with the standards at all. But it's just a case <laughs> of this two weeks oh. is going to be a special two weeks. So yeah. it's a softly, softly approach. And then if we win, then the six months after that. Yeah, <laughs> the, the unbearable six months after that. Oh, <laughs> Martin Hughes will be triggered. He will. Rightly so for six months if we win this big one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I might just have to mute Martin. <laughs> okay, so one last thing I'd like to discuss. And I'll make it clear, it's, it's actually not driven by anything that's been said in the group page but by tweets I've seen from other teams' fans. So, and I do actually see some of this in the group every now and again, but I just want to put it out there. So, Neil Reynolds has been the subject of tweets challenging his knowledge of the game, primarily down to the questions he asks when he's presented on Sky Sports. And I can understand how, why it would be a source of frustration for somebody that's followed the NFL for years. I can understand that. Now, 
this may upset people to discover, but he's not there just to present to them. His job is to make sure there is a balanced analysis of the game and to ask the type of questions that both a new follower to the NFL would want to know the answer to, as well as asking more advanced questions. He doesn't ask the questions because he doesn't know the answer to them. It's his job to ensure the programme caters for a wide range of experience as far as following the game is concerned. And I'd bet a small fortune that these same people could not hold up in a conversation about the technical aspects of the game with Neil. And I just think he gets a lot of unfair press because he's in a role where he has to ask certain questions. Very similar to what I do on the podcast. When I ask a question, it's not because I don't know the answer to it. It's because I'm thinking, does somebody else want to know the answer to this? Will somebody else be sat in a group? So a new member, a new member that's only just started following the NFL over the last couple of years, would they want to know the answer to this? So I'll ask a question that I think might interest people. And that's what Neil does as a presenter. He needs to cater for a wide range of experience. So I just think it's a little bit unfair some of the stick that Neil Reynolds comes in for because he has actually done a lot for the NFL in the UK and he doesn't get the credit he deserves. Yeah, that's true. Um, I'm going to put my hand up and say that I'm one of those people that does not like, you know, I don't I don't usually like Sky Sports in general, um, but but especially watching football and that to me is it's not the experience I'm looking for. Um, I'd, I'd rather much, you know, listening to somebody like Kurt Warner and Steve Maiucci and, you know, Michael Irvin talking about the game. But, yeah, it's absolutely true. You're right. The audience in in the UK is not the audience in in the US. And it is good that it's accessible to more more people. It's just, I think he doesn't really advertise that. Maybe, maybe he should, so he doesn't get as much stick for it. But, yeah, you're right. At least, you know, we, we've got a choice of... Uh, we can choose and um, I choose to go game pass and you know ignore everything that comes from the UK when it comes to football but yeah I mean you know the guy's doing a tremendous job for for the game in England um my only real criticism about the Sky Sport coverage is that they don't talk about the game on British soil which I think is is a shame because there is great games and and the league is amazing and you know I'm part of it so I take pride in that, and and they don't do any effort to promote that at all. And it's also on the on the buffer to you know promote itself. But yeah, you're you're right. Um, the guy is a journalist; he's just doing his job at the end of the day, and uh, he shouldn't get you know attacked on Twitter or else for anything that he's saying. It was nice to see the tweet from Jeff Reinbold today, Lee. Yeah, he said this guy trying to grow the game. Um, Obviously, you you messaged the admin group earlier, and then I jumped straight on Twitter. That was nice to see. Um, didn't have to do that. Yeah, yeah, it was quite unexpected when he started retweeting the tweets out about the meetup. Uh, that was that was uh, very kind of him. Um, and to be honest, I mean, I got myself all excited just when he liked the tweet. Never mind when he retweeted the tweet and said, "Get yourself there." So yeah, I was I was quite happy with that. Okay. Thanks to both Nadji and Paul for taking time out of your schedule to come and produce the show with me today. I know it's not easy getting spare time during the week, especially when you've got families, so I do appreciate that. My pleasure. It's a pleasure to be here, especially when, we, you know, when we're winning and we can talk football. I'll do that anytime if I can. Yeah, just great to be part of it. And Like I said, my knowledge is growing week on week. I'm fairly new-ish compared to you admin guys. I just do my part. 
Um, and like you said, what a season. <laughs> yeah, fantastic season we've had. Okay, thank you to everyone that takes time to download and listen to the podcast. Please remember to like and subscribe and also visit our YouTube channel by searching for 49 Faithful UK. So I have a request and it's a request to all the listeners. I'm currently publishing the podcast to several different um, sites, the likes of Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play in the US and SoundCloud. Now, what I've noticed is SoundCloud, I think we only have a few listens per episode on SoundCloud. So I don't particularly think there's many people listen via SoundCloud. If you were one of these people, please let me know whether or not you have a different way to listen to the show. Because what I intend to do is actually shut down the, the SoundCloud part of it because it does actually cost me money every year to actually do that. Um, Podbean is much better for me because I can actually stream out from Podbean to all the different other um, mechanisms for getting the show, the likes of iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play. All of those just link straight into Podbean. Whereas SoundCloud, I have to actually upload the show to SoundCloud for you to get that. And because of the minutes we have, it does actually cost me money to to do that. So I would like to just knock that one on the head. So let us know if you have another app that you can listen to the show on and then I can cancel that when it comes up for renewal in August. Okay, we have a meetup arranged in Newcastle for the Super Bowl. I don't know if I've told you this before. I'm sure I might have. And the event details can be found in the events tab on the Facebook app. If you intend to go, please let us know as soon as possible and we can arrange the collection of the £10 fee, which will be via PayPal. This will cover entrance, a free drink, burger and chips, reserved table, and also a free bet, which I think is a, a £2 bet. Obviously, you're in a casino, you go down and uh, I think you can go down and use that on whatever you want, or it may be restricted to the roulette table. I can't quite remember. Um, but... I mean, for £10, you can't go wrong. It's, it's all paid for in the burger and chips and the pint, to be honest. Um, we currently have 22 people confirmed as gone. And hopefully we'll have a few more by by the end of this week. Obviously, the more people that can get there, the better. Um, and it'll be wonderful to see people there and enjoy the Super Bowl with fellow 49er fans. Okay, so the next show will be the Super Bowl preview show. <laughs> wow. Oh, yeah, wow indeed. <laughs> so until then, go Niners. Good